This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 441, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, January the 4th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is episode 441, where we take a look at some of the selected releases from the week of Wednesday, January the 4th. Uh, this is, I guess, the first week of comics from 2017 we're actually discussing on the podcast. Um, it's going to be a relatively short episode. I'm only talking about five comics that came out that particular week. Um, there was a lot of books that actually came out, though. I didn't get a chance to read many, obviously. I was ill on the weekend, and uh, just it feels like I'm just uh, slowly suffocating under a giant stack of unread comics and I'm trying to get caught up on the unread ones before I'm reading the new ones. The Kind of the nice thing is I ended up reading like two or three issues of certain titles at a time, which is kind of nice because um, you know you, you just get more of that title and you kind of get into it. Uh, and then you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done by two or three issues. Uh, especially with the DC books because they kind of stack up a lot faster now with so many of them being... Um, what is it, semi-monthly, I guess, or twice-monthly, whatever they want to call it. Um, so some of the books I did not get a chance to read include Aquaman, Batman, uh, Flintstones, Green Arrow, Green Lantern, Z, sorry, uh, Nightwing, Superman, uh, let's see, Uncle Scrooge, Captain America, Sam Wilson, Deadpool the Duck, uh, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, Nova, Old Man Logan, Slapstick, Spider-Man 2099, Unstoppable Wasp, and U.S. Avengers number one. Uh, so, so that's actually, what, two number ones from Marvel? Well, three if you count the miniseries of Deadpool the Duck. So the bo- books I did get a chance to read are the following. So the first we have Avengers number three. Um, this is written by Mark Wade. Um, I'm enjoying it, although I'm not sure about Mike Del Mundo as a fit for the art. I, that's not to say that I don't like Mike Del Mundo. I actually really enjoy his art. It's definitely something weird, and and when he was doing Weird World, I think that's what it was. It was your perfect fit. Um, it works here because of the kind of crazy storyline of uh, with all the you know time manipulation, etc. But at times it almost goes a little bit too crazy, and I think a more I hate to say more standard, but like a more straightforward artistic style may not be the worst option for a book like this. Um, it's interesting. I like it. Uh, Mark Wade is really hitting on, hitting it on all cylinders. It's a really imaginative story. Uh, a lot of good ideas. Just the art, I think, is a little bit. It's a little bit maybe too left of center. Like I don't know if that makes any sense, but I just found like I'm. I like Mike Del Mundo, and with the right script, I think he can really pop. Uh, here, I'm just not sure if he's really like kind of the flagship Avengers book, although. Again, it's the flagship Avengers book, not the flagship Marvel book, because if anything, that's kind of more champions, if there's even a flagship book now at all. Like, when we had the old new Marvel Now, I don't even remember what it was called now, but when Invincible Iron Man first launched under Bendis and Marquez, it was very clearly, this is the flagship book. They wanted this to be the big, you know, big book of the line, the big character. And with the, whatever this new iteration of Marvel Now is... I'm not really sure what that's supposed to be, or who is the flagship character that they're really pushing these days. Like, I'm not even certain anymore. I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10. The art isn't quite as um, up to the task as Mark Wade's script, which is brilliant. Uh, next up is Champions number 4. Oh, this book just... Um, it's very vital. It's exciting. The art just screams off the page. Humberto Ramos really is able to kind of um, drive that home in a way that maybe Mike Delmondo's art is almost a little bit too weird and the colors are not quite as animated. Um, but it fits this book because of the characters. It's written by Mark Wade again, Humberto Ramos on pencils. Um, it, every page just feels like it's vibrant. Uh, each story has been engaging because you have these great character moments of, you know, these young heroes 
working together, um, trying to figure things out. Here they, you know, they're they're under underwater. They're you know trying to figure out what to do next because the, their ship gets kind of blown out of the water or out of the air, I should say. Um, next issue looks like is we're going to have Gwenpool, which is going to be really crazy and weird. Um, this I found really enjoyable and engaging. Uh, I don't want to even want to spoil it. It's just one of those books that I just feel like every every issue is a full adventure, um, which is not something we get as much these days. Like it feels like each issue is its own little mini adventure, and there's a general thorough line of these these kids coming together and learning how to be a team or a group uh, and how to operate within that. Especially because they come from you know kind of different a lot of different backgrounds. They, some of them have been on team before. Obviously, that's uh, Nova, Spider Man, and um, Kamal. But Amadeus Cho doesn't really know how to operate within a team, especially not now that he's the Hulk. Uh, Viv has no real concept. Um, she's kind of suffering from everything she went through. And then you also have Cyclops, who is used to being on a team with a very different team, uh, a team that he's led. And he knows that everything about himself is really framed within the X-Men. So seeing him on a non-X-Men team is actually quite interesting. Uh, I'm going to give this an 8.5 out of 10. I, every issue of The Champions is, is definitely it's one of the first books I want to read. Uh, it's exciting. Again, Humberto Ramos is really killing it on art. It's just an enjoyable, exciting book. And uh, it has not let me down yet. Uh, next up is Justice League number 12, which is a, uh, it's interesting. I actually read this before I'd even read any of the uh, Justice League versus Suicide Squad chapters. Um, this is, uh, it's on the cover, it just says Max Lord Rebirth. Uh, I actually really enjoyed this. I thought it was really engaging and interesting um, to kind of understand who Max Lord is on the New 52 universe. Um and that, it, it was creepy, but it was well done. It's written by Tim Seeley, our book by Christian Duce. Uh, I really like the art. Um, it was really, again, engaging and thrilling story. Uh, kind of setting up where Max Lord is, uh, I guess, later on. But, um, like, you know, kind of how, where he is and how he puts together uh, his own new Suicide Squad from the original Suicide Squad, which is what we're learning about in the... Um, Justice League Suicide Squad miniseries, which again I hadn't even read that before reading this issue, and I didn't actually feel lost at all. I felt like it was still a very concise, done in one. Um, it made you understand how dangerous this guy is, um, what this version of Max Lord looks like, how he operates, uh, everything he's been through. I thought it was really enjoyable and engaging. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. I actually thought it was better than the chapters I've read of Justice League Suicide Squad, which I have now caught up on. I, well, going into you know what came out on the uh, the 11th. Now I was caught up until that that comic came out. Um, it's it's an interesting book. It has its flaws. It's written by Joshua Williamson. Our work by Jesus Marino. Um, parts of this issue bug me because it's a lot of kind of weird posturing with the Justice League and them trying to escape. There is some really good character moments, though. The stuff with Maxwell Lord and him with the original Suicide Squad and their vendetta against uh, Amanda Waller, that's interesting. Um, the kind of contrived idea of the Justice League and the Suicide Squad being together, a little less so. Um, but there are some good character moments, especially with, like, Killer Frost, uh, etc., um, the way that Batman is written here, I'm not super sold on, nor am I a super fan of how he's illustrated. There's just something about the way that his costume looks here that doesn't quite fit. Um, him being all kind of wrapped up like Hannibal Lecter, eh, like it didn't quite work for me. Um, 
I, I think some of the other chapters were a little bit more interesting because it was still about the, the versus part. Uh, now we're getting into the kind of the talkie-talkie, explain why we're all together part. Um, I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10. It wasn't a bad issue. It just didn't quite thrill me like the other issues had. Not that they necessarily thrilled me, but I think this one slowed down, and once it kind of got bogged down in trying to explain things and have a slower memento, a uh, certain momentum, uh, memento, I don't know where my mind was there, uh, it, it kind of lost a little for me and ran off the rails. So I'm going to give it a 6.5. And, and last but definitely not least, we have Unworthy Thor number 3, which is great, although the art is not quite up to the same level it was before. It's by uh, artwork by Kim Jacinto and Olivier Coipel. With our, it's written by Jason Aaron. Um, great script, though. Um, the Collector's an Ass. Uh, Beta Ray Bill's awesome. Um, I don't even remember what's going on with Black... I didn't even know Black Swan was still around. Like, I don't even remember what's going on there. Uh, having Proxima Midnight. Like, it's, it's characters that look cool that haven't been around in a while, so it's kind of interesting to see them. Although they look just the way they should. Like, they look very much authentic to what they originally looked like when other uh, illustrators were um, were drawing them. Um, really engaging stuff here. I don't know how many issues this miniseries is, but I definitely liked, you know, that you got Thor and Beta Ray Bill kind of teaming up and to see what happens next. Uh, I don't know how I feel about the fact that Thor cut his hair, which is such a silly thing to care about, but it definitely was interesting to see because... He, they've kind of been making this idea that ever since he's kind of been unworthy, got the long hair and the big beard, and he, you know he's kind of let himself go and he's become more disheveled. But generally speaking, this was an engaging read, um, and I'm excited to kind of see where the story goes now that we're kind of starting to go. It, it feels like more of a direction has started being painted. The first two issues it wasn't quite certain exactly where it was going to go, and now it feels like we're you know in, in a specific direction. And I'm interested to see where we go from there. So that was eight out of ten. So that's everything from uh, the week of January the fourth. Uh, a little bit of a looking forward at the week of the Jan eleven, which is yesterday as I record this. Um, some of the highlights included new issues of Action Comics, All Star Batman, uh, Deathstroke, Detective Comics, Flash. Um, Justice League Power Rangers number one, uh, which is uh, potentially a big one. Uh, we've got the Justice League of America, Vixen Rebirth, uh, New Superman, Red Hood and the Outlaws, Supergirl, Superwoman, Titans, Wonder Woman. Um, over at IDW, there's Donald Quest number three of five uh, at Image. Um, there's uh, ooh Southern Bastards number 16. I, don't, I didn't even know that was out. I don't even know if I've read issue 15 now that I think about it. Oh, man. that Sometimes when I do these reviews episodes, I come across stuff that I didn't even realize was out already, which is kind of sad. And then I get really excited about it. Um, actually, I don't even know if I ever finished a, uh, issue uh, 15 of Southern Bastards, so I might have an issue and a half of excitement. Uh, over at Marvel, we've got new issues of Only Wolverine. There's a new issue of Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows. There's the fourth trade paperback of, of the newest volume of Amazing Spider-Man. A lot of trades, actually. There's Captain America Sam Wilson, Volume 3, Civil War 2. That's not a confusing amount of numbers in the title. Uh, Black Panther trade paperback book, book two, Nation Under Our Feet. New issues of Deadpool, um, Doctor Strange, Punisher, Magic Bullets, uh, Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme. It's already in issue four. Man, I, I must be behind. Uh, Gardens of the Galaxy 16. Um, that, what, IVX number two. I'm excited to read that because I was super impressed with issue number one and I was not looking forward to going in and then I was really super excited about it after reading it. Uh, new issues of Jessica Jones. I just read issues two and three. Not really digging it. More not because... It's just because the way that Bendis writes it is as if 
so many years worth of continuity didn't happen meant much of which he wrote like it feels like he's writing the alias version of the character but the character he's been writing for the last 10 years has not been that version of the character so it's very odd feeling and especially when you see the way jessica is written and with luke and power man and iron fist and then you have read this there's just a huge disconnect and i'm not necessarily surprised because sometimes ben is kind of the sticks to his own sandbox and doesn't always play well with others in terms of continuity sometimes but this is his own continuity too that he's kind of disrespecting so i don't get it it just doesn't feel right um because i've been following the quotes of the character in the last 10 years like if i only read alias and then read this i'd be like okay i i've missed some stuff obviously but i'm the tonal tonal shift hasn't changed but if you've read the stuff in the middle there's a huge tonal shift and that's more of the problem uh new issue of mighty thor miss marvel occupy avengers power man and iron fist silk spider-man uh spider-man deadpool totally awesome hulk uncanny avengers and uncanny x-men there's also an un- a wolverine trade paperback called weapon x unbound which should be an epic collection but isn't uh which is looks pretty cool um but has a lot of crazy art because that was just the style in the kind of in the 90s when it was like the late 40s and i think early 50s issues uh, anyway, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, you can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and you can also listen to us on Stitcher. Uh, our next episode, I'm not really sure what it's going to be yet. Um, coming up soon, in the later in the month, uh, in the next couple months, we're going to have another conversation with Howard Mackey. I'm actually going to be having a conversation with him, uh, not this Saturday, but next. So if you have any questions, submit them now, and I'll make sure to ask Howard on the show. Uh, I think the following week I'll be, con- I'll be having a conversation with Pat Olaf, who's actually been on the show before, to talk about um, his work on Rough Riders as well as Barbed Wire. And I'm sure we'll talk about some Spider-Man stuff, because you can't talk to Pat Olaf and not ask him about Spider-Girl or Untold Tales of Spider-Man. I think I'm working on hopefully getting Humberto Ramos on the show and J.G. Jones. Um, So if you have questions for those individuals, make sure you submit them as well. And I'm sure we'll have some exciting other stuff. I still want to have another conversation with Eric Larson at some point. Um, That'll probably be in February or March. We're going to have a new kind of series where, not series, but a couple episodes where I take a look at the Age of Apocalypse event with... um, previous co-hosts and guest hosts uh paul scores and nathan struck uh that'll be coming out as well so i trying to make sure we're peppered with content um going forward in 2017 uh my job is my day job has become a lot more um intensive and i have less ability to kind of do some of the conversation episodes and uh, as you could tell i mean the reviews episodes I'm, I'm enjoying still doing them but i'm not talking about nearly as many comics anymore so um the content is shifting and changing but i'm glad that uh, so far at least i've been able to uh keep the show coming roughly twice a week and uh at the moment we're on track to hit our 500th episode on the fifth anniversary of the show on august the 12th so i can only hope i somehow make that insane impersonal deadline uh so that I can do that, so I can have both anniversaries on one day, which would be nice just for me. Uh, and I'm sure someone else would, wouldn't mind listening to that episode. I don't know if I can top the uh, 400th episode, it was what, four or five hours long? Like it was recorded over the course of like weeks and it was just ridiculous but if i can put together an insane 500th episode i would be very excited and happy about that so thank you so much for joining me for this episode uh make sure to uh subscribe to us and you can uh, get caught up on all of our previous episodes as well by looking through our backlog we have some great previous conversation episodes that you should take a shot at looking at um it's interesting too like when i first started doing these conversation episodes i actually got some big hitters right off the bat like um maybe not 
not Scott Lobdell. I love Scott Lobdell, but uh, heavy hitter wise, I mean, there was Tom DeFalco, there was Chris Claremont, and these were some of my earliest review interviews. So uh, it's over, you know, it's almost 200 episodes ago. Um, or, but you should really, you know, kind of go and give them a shot. I remember there was a time when when the interviews first started happening. I think it was around issue 250 or episode 250 was my conversation with Scott Lobdell. And at the time, I remember saying like, "This is our kind of our our spring or winter interview series," and it just kept going. It hasn't really stopped. And uh, I hope that that train never stops because it's so much fun talking to these creators about their work. Uh, our last episode uh, was with Mark Buckingham, and it was just an absolute thrill uh, to talk to the uh, the guy who did so much of. Although he didn't actually start the series, although that is something we talk about, which is something I didn't actually know about. Uh, Anyways, I'm going to stop prattling on. Thank you for joining me for this episode, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.